Hello and welcome to the Career Club Podcast with Dee. I hope you guys have had a great week. Um, I know I have. Work was quite stressful, but the weather is finally warming up, which means more traffic, but I live in a small town anyways, so I don't mind. But finally, it feels like summer in, for those of you who don't know, I live uh, in Canada, uh, British Columbia to be precise. And we've had so much um, snow and a longer winter period than I'm used to since I've moved to this country. But it's finally warming up. The sun is out. I think it's about 20 degrees today. And I'm so grateful because I dread, I dread the winter. I don't know if... You guys have seasonal depression like I do, but I completely dread the winter time. Um, so I'm excited that it's finally warming up. So anyways, enough of that. I digress. I'll jump right in. In our introductory episode, I uh, talked about layoffs briefly. I kind of just threw out the quick statistics. So that is what we're going to be talking about in this episode, which is our first official episode. I'm excited. The introductory episode. Thank you so much to everyone that followed uh, on Spotify and that followed us on Instagram that reposted it. I am so grateful. So we'll just dive right into the episode. This episode would be the topic, we're talking about layoffs generally, and this is not just limited to Canada, because I think the layoff trend is everywhere in the world right now. Um, so this, I was thinking, because while I was doing my research, I realized that this topic is like is so broad and we can touch on so many different things. So we'll probably be splitting it into two. So this will be the first part of um the episode talking about layoffs and then the next episode will be the second part so i hope you guys have your mimosas ready and we'll dive right into it uh, to throw out a quick statistics in 2023 185,000 employees have been laid off so far from tech according to cnbc of this 185,600 it includes 617 tech companies, including technical and non-technical staff. Now, if we compare this to 2022, in 2022, we had 170,000 employees that were laid off. An interesting thing that happened earlier this year was Google and Microsoft sort of did like a layoff competition within 48 hours of each other. Microsoft and Google are laid off, laid off a combined number of 22,000 employees. Microsoft laid off 12,000 and Google decided they wanted to also lay off 10,000 employees. I know it blows my mind too. It's, it is absolutely crazy. The numbers um, of people that are just getting laid off in drones. I'll, however, I would like to say that I think most people are in this bubble that it's just mostly tech companies that are firing people, that are laying people off and letting people go. But that's not the truth. This is something that is happening across a lot of other industries. And while I was doing my research, I came across five major industries that are most likely to be affected and they've been affected so far. Number one industry, obviously, as everybody knows, is the tech industry. 
uh, industries like Amazon, Google, and Meta, they're the major companies that have been in this layer of discourse. They, they have laid off a huge number of people, a high number of employees so far. Meta laid off 11,000 employees last November, and even Elon Musk, when he took over Twitter, he quietly laid off quite a number of people. There just was not a lot of noise around that. And then another industry that that comes close second to tech that I've laid people off is the automotives industry. And this comes along with the introduction of EV cars. And apparently electric vehicles, the making of electric vehicles requires less labor than traditional automotive manufacturing. Our companies like Ford, Volkswagen saw a decrease in a 30% decrease in their labor needs when you, you when they're making an EV vehicle compared to uh, a, a gas-powered vehicle. Last summer, uh, Volkswagen laid off 8,000 employees in the gas vehicle assembly. And in Europe, 3,200 employees were laid off. Um, and then another one that comes after the automotive industry is the financial services industry, where we see companies like Goldman Sachs, they had an almost 70% drop in fourth quarter profit last year, while operating their operating expenses increased by 11% from 2021 to 2022. So they had an increase in operating expenses, but a decrease in profits they had to lay off 6% of their total workforce. And also, I think Morgan Stanley laid off 1,600 employees in last December. And then another industry that comes after the financial services industry is logistics and transportation. And this is kind of self-explanatory. So it decreased in the need for uh, online orders. People are going more in-person shopping. Companies like FedEx laid off 12,000 workers since June last year, and Flexbot cut off 20% of its workforce. And then uh, lastly, we have the manufacturing industry has also seen a decrease because of the decline in consumer spending on products. Um, it has affected the manufacturing industry really, 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 really badly. Now, those are like the major industries that have seen a decrease or a cutoff in employees. Now, we'll move on to why. Why I'm sure you're wondering why exactly this is happening in high numbers. We've always had layoffs in industries. It's not a, it's not a new thing, but it's just become um, more trendy, and we've seen it come up a lot of a lot a lot more of recent as compared to the past. There are reasons to this, and this is just not something that just came out of the blues. Now, the first reason is the pandemic, when the great uh, COVID, the word that shall not be spoken, when we saw a rise in the pandemic. Companies like tech companies, companies like tech companies like Amazon, uh, like Facebook, like Instagram, saw an increase in use. So consumers started using this this products more because people were ordering more on, on Amazon. People couldn't go out, so there was a need for for entertainment. There were all these uh, TikTok challenges, uh, uh, Instagram, and. This led to 
an increase in the need for people, an increase in the need for workers. Because if there's a need in, in orders, if there's an increase in orders for Amazon, they need more people to be able to make those deliveries. They need more workers at the back end to be able to meet that demand. So companies overhired during the pandemic. They overhired and this led to them also over expanding. They had like this crazy forecast that the business was going to keep maintaining that momentum even, even after the pandemic. And this unfortunately did not happen. And then companies grew too quickly during that time. Also, uh, another factor to consider is that to meet the demand from, for work from home, a lot of people did not necessarily want to work because they were like, why do I have to work when I can stay home and spend time with my family and stay protected from, from this disease that is going around? Companies had to incentivize, incentivize the idea of working from home. They had to provide, uh, they had to provide things like uh, bonuses for people that were willing to work from home. And also companies had to incur costs like overhead costs because you already have a desk and, and, and chair in the office but they had to also provide you your work from home station so it was like a double um it was they were incurring this cost in twos because they have to pay for this in the office they have to still keep the lights on in the actual office building and they have to make sure that you have all the tools that you need to work from home and also we are seeing a huge economic uh downturn the economy is not doing as great and i know your pocket is saying it my pocket is saying it everyone is feeling the brunt of inflation right now and also these companies are feeling that same brunt of inflation and they weren't right sizing they only they hired to accommodate needs at the time but they they were overconfident so they assumed that this was going to be the trend. Like I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and there was this lady that was, uh, she works in recruitment and she was saying that, she, I believe she worked for Google or one of those uh, major tech companies. And she was saying that she was hired. Um, and throughout the time that she worked for them, she never actually did anything related to recruitment, anything related to a job description. She just always attended meetings and that was it. And one of the reasons why this happened, and this is prominent across a lot of other companies, it's not just a one-time thing, is because companies assumed that they were going to need this much people. So they needed this much recruiters to be able to hire this much people or to be able to meet their hiring needs. So they hired these recruiters and then they came in and then the companies realized, oh no, we made a huge mistake. Apparently, we actually don't need this much people. So now they have these recruiters that have nothing to do and they're just sitting in the offices going for meetings every day, day in, day out. Anyways, she was one of the people that were laid off in the first round of layoffs. This kind of just summarizes why we're seeing this trend a lot more now where companies are laying off people in crazy numbers. Now... Now that we've we've said all that and we've put all the statistics out about the 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 companies that have laid people off, why we're seeing a trend in layoffs, we'll go to the major jobs that we're seeing this trend, this layoff trend in. 
product management, according to businessdaily.com, product managers um, receive 46% of product managers being laid off across these industries. Quality assurance uh, folks are also being laid off 40% of those people. Marketing, we see 39% of marketers being laid off. Um, finance, folks that work in finance record a 37% of the number of, of, of layoffs that we've had. And lastly, we see IT, information technology, 37% also. And like I said, these are just not my statistics. I found them online on Business Daily, but these are the, the sort of the jobs that are mostly at risk. But that's not to say any job is not at risk because who knows what the employment trend would be um, over time. And now we'd move to what to do if you find yourself being laid off, the, the things to avoid, the things to watch out for, uh, and and how to put yourself in that position where you're, where you're protected. Because I don't think a lot of people know what to do when they get laid off. This episode is going longer than I thought. I promise we're almost done, but uh, stick around, stay with me while I just go through this. I'll just go through them really quickly. Now, we'll first define what the difference in termination and layoffs are or quitting. I think a lot of people mix them together. When you're terminated, according to the Government of Canada website and the federal labor standards, termination is when an employee is no longer employed by an organization because of performance issues. It could be low quality work, arriving late to work, insubordination, or anything around that range. So you're terminated because of what you've done, not because of business needs. So if you're terminated, that's, that's what termination means. While layoff also, according to the same website, is considered a termination of employment with no intention to call the employee back to work. But now the difference is that this is due to business needs. So this can include downsizing uh, due to merger or acquisition, due to company relocation, or due to the company deciding to outsource the labor. So they don't they, they no longer need people to work for them directly. They'll just outsource this, outsource um, the, the labor to other people. So it could be that. And this, are, this, this is the difference. So termination, I want you to see that it's because of something you did, but laying off is because of something that the employer has done or something that directly affects, affects the business. That's, that's the difference. Also, I'd just like to quickly point out that we do have something called temporary layoffs. And if you if you want to think about it, the best example I can give is during COVID. People were temporarily laid off because there was no business need for them. So your company told you, stay home. I think at first, uh, where I was working, we were told to stay home first for, for one month, and then it got extended to two months. Um, during the heat of the pandemic. So that's that's that that's an example of a temporary layoff. Layoff with the intention that you'd come back. And also we see this trend a lot in unionized companies, depending on the collective agreement that you have. We'll touch on that um, later in this episode too. 
So I just wanted to point out the difference between termination layoffs and a temporary layoff. However, most of the layoffs that we've seen of recent, especially in the tech space, I would believe that most have not seen the, the, the agreement because there's a layoff agreement between the employers and the employee. I've not seen a layoff agreement, but most of them, I believe, are permanent. I might be wrong on that, um, but I think most of, most of them are permanent layoffs. So now what happens when you get laid off? A lot of people do, while I was doing research for this episode, I've seen a lot of different videos. They say when when your, your employer comes to tell you that you're, you're getting laid off, uh, let them know, oh, I found another job or I don't care. Or now the first rule of getting laid off is don't say anything. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Don't say anything. And don't sign anything. The minute your employer comes to tell you, most times it's always uh, HR representative or or your manager or somebody that would, uh, or a team of uh, bigger companies usually have like a team that they put together to lay people off. So that might be, or some even outsource it to a recruiting company and they might be the ones to call you and give you a call and say you've been laid off. Now, don't say anything. In t- you can ask questions, but don't say anything in terms of like divulging information or saying yes and being affirmative or whatever like that. And don't let, even if you've been searching for jobs or you've been in the job market, do not, I beg of you, never ever let your employer know that you found another job because you've just made the job easy for them. And they can just say, okay, bye, thank you, because now you've violated terms of your contracts, because some contracts have something called a non-complete. Anyways, that was a sidebar. I just wanted to say that. That would be the... Now, if you're unionized companies, unionized companies have something called a collective agreement. Talk, and they would, you would have a union rep. Talk to whoever your union rep is bring that up with your union rep. They can understand the language in in the collective agreement around layoffs, and they can be able to adequately represent you. Because as much as, I think when people get hired, two things that people don't, actually three things that people don't read. They don't read their employment offers enough because I know when I get hired and I'm reading my employment offer, the most important thing to me I don't know about you guys, but the most important thing to me is how much I'm earning and when my benefits is kicking or how how long my probation is. But people don't read and your employment offer has a lot of language in it that could either make or mar you in this kind of situation. So you have to make sure that you understand your employment offer and what the employer has put in the offer. Second thing you need to make sure that you understand is your collective agreement. This is for unionized employees. Now, if you're not if you're if you're not unionized, you, I'm sure you're asking, what exactly do I look out for? This is where you look out for your employee handbook. Your employee handbook is where everything about you being an employee is detailed by your employer from from what you're supposed to, what your expectation is as an employer. The rules around all the policies of your company is in that handbook. Those I that's that's bible for you while you're working any company that you're working for so like i said if you're unionized if you unionized rather talk to your uh union rep if you're not unionized you might want to contact a lawyer talk to a lawyer 
get somebody immediately they, they tell you that contact somebody that you know or somebody that works in the in in an employment space um just somebody that you know that understands the employment standards of the province or the country that you work in even in canada where where i currently live we have the federal standard, the federal employment standard, and then each province has a standard that guides them. It's usually similar across board, but there's always like minute details that might be different. And then the next step is the company would say, oh, we have a separation agreement document for you, presented to you for you to sign. Do not sign it. It's just like an offer letter. If a, if a company gives you an offer letter, you're not going to sign the offer letter the same day they give it to you well maybe some people would uh, I, I don't know them but the most important thing take it home read it from a to z get somebody that has um a legal understanding and understand the legal understands the legal ramifications of what you're reading get them to read it for you and to to interpret it to you in layman language i think i'm pretty sure like most of this um the videos I've seen like on TikTok and on, and on Instagram and on YouTube of people saying they've, they've, they've gotten laid off. They're just telling them over the phone and sending it to them by email. And these folks are signing just because they see something interesting like a severance pay that seems huge enough. And they're like, oh, okay, this will last me for a while. I'm just going to go ahead and sign it. Do not do that. Read and digest the separation agreement document. And another thing that you need to do is to speak up talk to your colleagues because it's very possible employers and i'm talking from a nature perspective can be very very sneaky sneaky in in terms of they might put a language in your layoff uh separation agreement document that is not in somebody else's or in another department and this could also be in turn based on, if you're unionized it could also be based on seniority because most unionized companies operate on a seniority level. This could be based on seniority, but that's where you need to speak and talk to your colleagues. If you know that within your department, people are like, like I don't know, we've been hearing numbers like a thousand people. It's not possible you don't know one somebody, somebody else rather that has been laid off in the entire company that you can talk to. Send that team's message and call them and ask them, what exactly is it that is in your separation? Obviously, you don't want to ask it like that, but try to build that rapport with people that if something comes up, you can always get that information from them. Another thing you need to do is to apply for employment insurance. And I think in America, it's called unemployment insurance, but in Canada, it's called EI. Immediately, you 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 get word that you're being laid off. You need to apply for employment insurance just so because some severance pays don't come in until after the separation agreement has been signed by everyone and then they pay everything out in bulk so there's a possibility that you don't get paid for a while this is where you need to know apply for ei know that you need to apply for ei as soon as possible immediately you get word that you've been laid off and i think the ei application is super easy and you'll be paid a percentage of your annual earnings every month by the government. I know it's very, um, it's pretty standard in Canada, 
uh, I'm not sure how it is in America, but based on my research, I think it's also pretty standard in America. And this, as I'm saying, this applies more to the developed countries. If you're in Nigeria, if you have employment insurance, if you have some top, some sort of insurance, then you might be able to get money through the insurance company. But there's no, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but I don't think there's a standard um government uh parastatal where you can apply for these things and then you get paid because you're out of a job there isn't in nigeria but if you're in more developed countries there there are those things to assist and help and the next thing you want to talk about is relating to the applicant the application of your ei is talking about your last paycheck you need to get understanding of when you're getting that paid when that is eating your account and what exactly is going to look like some employers pay out your severance pay in a lump sum and some paid if they say will pay you over the course of six months now what severance pay i'm sure I've, i feel like i've mentioned severance pay like three times for those of us that don't know severance pay or uh it could be a pay or package according to the government of canada website it is defined as the pay paid out to an employee when you lose your job through no fault of your own. This ties back into the meaning of termination. Termination is when you lose the job because of something that you did. Laying off is when you lose the job because of a business need. So if you're laid off due to no fault of your own, it's not something that you did. It's due to the company downsizing or economic downturn. You are going to be paid a severance, a severance pay or a severance package. Now, that doesn't mean that if you get, if you do get terminated, you don't get paid something. Some employers put a, um, a language in your offer that says that, if you're terminated, we'll give you this amount of days notice. I will pay you like a two weeks, two weeks pay or three weeks pay or a month pay. Severance pay or severance package is usually more detailed than that. Most companies I've seen, uh, I think Google paid the employees for up to six months of when they were laid off. Uh, after they were laid off, rather, they were paid up to six months pay. So, and why there's a difference between severance pay and severance package is because it could be a month, a pay in terms of monetary value. And some employers do a thing where they still cover your benefits for that period of six months and you still have your stock options. So if you're working with a company that has part of their benefits is you get your stock options or you get to invest in the company stocks, they let you have that for the period of six months or if you even have RRSP or health and dental benefits, they, they, you, you're still covered for the period of that six months. That's why some people do severance package and some people do severance pay. And this is also why you need to understand what your separation agreement document is and what your employee handbook says. So you need to talk about your last paycheck if you're going to be paid out in lump sum or you're going to be paid out in bits over the period of when... Uh, your severance pay or severance package is going to last for which brings us to benefits another thing you need to talk about is if i'm still getting covered uh on my benefits for this period of time do i still have health and dental is it still the same 
percentage am I going to be contributing to my insurance premium? Now, for those of us that don't know what insurance premium is, for every insurance that you have, you have to pay an insurance premium. So if some, some premiums are employer paid and some premiums are employee paid, it depends on the company. So you need to understand, am I going to be, now that I'm laid off, am I going to be paying my premiums or is the company going to be paying the premiums? And also always make sure that you get references. And the company cannot deny you reference, except of course, if you've been laid off because you were not necessarily a good employee in the first place, but get references so you can have something to speak to if you do end up applying for jobs. You can have something to say that, well, I work for this company, even though I was laid off, I was able to get this reference and this person speaks highly of me. You have to make sure that you maintain that relationship. And this is also why you don't want to talk, you don't want to speak badly of the employer when you get laid off. You don't want to, you, you have to make sure that you keep that relationship as good as possible. Even though I, I know you're mad, I'm mad on your behalf too, but you just have to stay neutral to get what you need from them. And don't, like I said, don't sign or do anything until you consult your lawyer or somebody with, with um, legal knowledge. Now, if you're a, uh, a unionized company, if you're working for a unionized company or you're part of a union, some collective agreement says that you can not be laid off. So this is where you need to talk to your union rep. Some collective agreement has language in it that says employees cannot be laid off. Some collective agreement has language in it that says employees cannot be laid off based on seniority. So if you've worked for the company for XYZ years, and this person has worked for the company for just six months, you get a chance to not be laid off while the person that has been with the company for six months gets to be the one to be said bye-bye to. So seniority also matters. And some companies do something called a bump where they move you from one department. Let's say, uh, for instance, if, if Facebook doesn't have a need for employees in Meta anymore because Meta, the Metaverse products that they release is not doing so well, they could say, okay, we have a need for this person in Instagram. Let's pull this person from this part of, um, from this department and put them in this department in, with the Insta Instagram team. Now, this is just an example. Don't come for me. I don't know how it works within the Facebook world, but that's just an example of um, what a bump would look like. And again, I'm just gonna say one last time, you have to make sure that you read carefully before signing anything. Read carefully, you cannot overread. Read carefully, read carefully, read carefully. And reference your offer letter when you're also signing the separation package. Always make sure that you reference your offer letter and your employee handbook. And honestly, I feel like if you can do all these things, you'd be set up for um, success. And also before I end this episode, there's something called unjust dismissal. According to the Canada Labor Code, you're protected. Employees are protected who complete at least 12 months of consecutive employment with 
your company, as long as you've worked for the company for 12 months and you did not reach an agreement for a separation agreement contract or a separation agreement document. And th the interesting thing is managers or employers cannot appeal this in, in court. So there's also that to take note of in case this leads to something that you have to go to the court for and you have to, you have to fight. Now, in the next episode, I realized while I was in the research, like I said earlier, that this topic is so broad. In the next episode, which is why I have named this part one, and that one will be part two, we'll talk about the things to watch out for and how to avoid getting layoffs. Now, I'd like to say that there's no foolproof method to avoid getting laid off. You, there's every possibility. Anyone and everyone can be laid off. However, the things that you can do to avoid being the first or the second person once they think of laying somebody off, you're not the first person that they think of. And there are also industries and jobs that you can do to avoid getting laid off. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. I know this episode got longer than I thought, but I hope that you were able to take one or two things out of it. And if you have any questions, please, I'll leave a, I'll leave a Q&A in the, on Spotify in the episode. Just ask me whatever questions that you have. And you can also DM me on Instagram at the career club on instagram send me a dm and i'll be able to answer whatever questions that you have to the best of my ability again i can talk on the canadian labor law not as much i know a little bit about the american labor law and obviously the nigerian labor law so if you have any questions ask me and if i don't have an answer i could talk to a colleague or find somebody else that works in the human resources space and be able to provide you with an answer I would just like to say before I go, make sure that you're up to date on your country and province or state employment law. A lot of people do not know their rights, and this is where companies can exploit us. And we that's not happening. We're not taking that anymore in 2023. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you so much for listening to my rant. This is something that I'm really passionate about and I'm just so grateful that you joined me on this journey and you're willing to listen to me uh, and the things that I have to say. Thank you. And till the next episode, it's your girl, D. Thank you again for joining and for listening. I hope that you have a good weekend and you have a good week and we're going into a new month. Happy new month, everyone. Bye.